I am Bamps, and I am your storyteller, and I am joined by my wonderful cast. I'm Jupiter, and I play Missy, the forever teen, misunderstood, emo, Malkavian. Hi, I'm Oz. I play Arthur Subchak, the Nosferatu. <laughs> I'm Tom, and I play Jimmy, the best Toreador from the 80s. Hi, I'm Super Cookie. I am playing Coco. Hammer opens up in a small office, an office we've seen before. It is the office that manages all of the behind the scenes important and totally not vampiric stuff for the vault, the club that the Coterie operates, manages, owns, well, not on paper, but you know what I mean. And inside is Ryan Roach Butler sitting at the desk doing some stuff on a laptop computer that we can see him looking at spreadsheets, crunching numbers, and seems he seems all right. He doesn't seem extra nervous. He's dressed well. He's clean-shaven. His hair is cut. There's a, a healthier look to him as though he's been eating properly and showering properly, taking better care of himself over the past couple of months. He gets a message from Art saying that he's sending somebody up to see him and some other details. He gets a little nervous because... Ryan is a nervous guy. He's got good reason to be nervous. And a short while later, we see him pacing, and then there's a knock on the door. He jumps, startled, looks a little a little paler than he had looked earlier in the evening, and goes over to sit in his desk. The laptop is closed. He moves some pens and pencils around as if for any other reason than to keep himself looking busy to make sure everything is perfect. His voice cracks as he mentions to come in, and the door opens to reveal Summer. She's here in the same outfit from when she met with Art that night, and she comes in. She's timid almost as if she is equally not looking forward to this discussion. Stepping to the side, she closes the door, and as the door closes, the door is opened, and we see Art walking out down to his meeting tonight with some earbuds in, and the recording from this meeting playing as he is listening to it again to suss out more information as the way a Nosferatu is prone to do. Yes, Art is very excited to find out what all they're talking about. The juicy little details, like where the money is stored, where it's going to be. Where the body's buried. Right, all that good stuff. And frankly, he's got a account with Fidelity on standby and He's going to mimic some of these trades. The conversation starts awkwardly. Where 
can you roll me resources plus technology just as a kind of a baseline to see how good your equipment is in recording and, and getting everything you may take temporary resource damage to re-roll as the willpower which will then heal at the the start of the next month all right stand by all right so i've got Free and resources, and we've got three in technology. So that's going to be a five successes, sir. That's pretty good. It's pretty good. Now, I don't know how many rolls we're going to make inside of this space. All right. Uh, so we'll just kind of keep those five successes in mind. And if you feel like they are relevant to something, uh, we can go ahead and uh, attribute them as extra dice, like after the fact, like rerolls almost. Oh, okay. Like on, like on a one for one basis. Yeah, I like that just to kind of represent your investment in this. And Art is certainly invested, as he has invested in many things. We see very expensive cameras and microphones and sound equipment hidden throughout the room. And I will ask Art where the point of view that we're seeing this scene is coming from. What is the camera that is capturing what is happening? So on Ryan's desk, there is one of those, it's kind of like a, it's a vase. And it's it's not used as a vase for like a flower, although it probably could be, but it seems more like, like this is one of those small vases that has like, a bunch of like pens or or shit in it like it's small enough to handle that almost just like a pencil cut but it's an actual like got the flutes on it it's been uh ceramicized it's it's one of those kitschy things and on it it's got a little graphic of vampire teeth that's dripping blood and above it says um being responsible sucks and the sucks is in like red underneath the fangs and in the center of that is a little pinhole, and that's where the camera is. And so it's watching, it's it's showing somewhere on the left, Ryan on the right, and it's fish-eyed out just enough to where you can catch them both. Summer sits down, and you can see her put her arms presumably in her lap, because they're not up on the the desk or anything. They're not uh, outward and it takes her a second to get the the words right and she just starts off with a very a very basic hello and greeting and ryan rep responds in a similar method the these are two people who share some history and share some situations uh i will now ask for that what's an insight role what's an insight is three successes 
Brian has been Walter School for a long time, years, as you're finding out. Uh, which means that he's got information on a lot of other kindred in the city. And you know that Walter has had some security amongst the domain because you've stolen it and hijacked it and improved upon it. Summer as a ghoul, and in particular as someone who is, or was, Carol's, is known to at least Walter, and presumably to Ryan because of that, as Walter in his, won't call it paranoia because it's his deserved, but in his outward dislike of other people, would be like, don't, don't fucking talk to her. You know, she's trouble. Stay away from her. I'm also going to make the assumption that over the six month, a little bit plus time break, Ryan would be very aware of Summer's embrace and current standing. Yeah, because it's not like um, he wouldn't have seen her around the mall. I'm sure that because they have been, or Art has been leaning on honestly summer's involvement or cohen's involvement through summer she's been around a lot the very least she's been to the club for opening night she's been in the area to do some feeding and yeah and and i mean you know the sleep center thing is also you know part of that you know setting up a feeding plan for her and others like her you know and not to mention you're yourself well not yourself but yourselves missy or jimmy could easily pop over there coco can you know have a little nibble right after that awkward hello and introduction summer gets almost like quickly to business that kind of situation where it's like okay let me just get this out so that it can get and break the awkward tension and she explains, you know, I'm I'm here because Art said you could help me with some money things. Starts breaking it down and almost as if awkward teenage dating situation, Ryan picks up the conversation like, yes, that of course, you know, I'm I I did a lot of financial things and I've been helping them manage the, the club's finances and all of that. And uh he begins to ask some financial questions that Summer is very ill-prepared for because he asks about stocks, bonds, funds, investment opportunity, the whole thing that somebody with a background in finance would be very aware of and somebody who is into setting up for their future uh, at a point in their life where it's like, I need to start worrying about retirement seriously, as opposed to I'm 20 years old, woo, has no idea. You can see through your camera, you can see her kind of slump and some of that pressure collapsing onto her because it's all of a sudden like, I'm very in over my head. And uh, I'm going to roll some dice real quick. Wonder how many wits and insight. Uh, you know he's probably decent. Ryan picks up on this a little bit, and you can see him struggling to formulate what he's going to do about it. 
because you've kind of told him, hey, help her out, and she's overwhelmed in the situation. And he's not exactly the kind of person, due to his background, where it's where his socialization capabilities have been maintained. He's been beaten down and broken and is healing from that, but that's a very long process. So they sit there in silence for a minute or two as she is head down thinking her body language. She's, she's clearly bothered by this. And, uh, and Ryan just kind of asks, like, how is it? And she looks up confused. And he apologizes. It's like, I, I shouldn't have asked. And she asks him what he means. And he insinuates her vampiric nature. And she gets really embarrassed by it. That kind of thing, where it's like, oh no, if she could blush. Well, oh no, she's blush alive. Uh, her cheeks blush a little bit. She looks away as though to not like, to not make that eye contact as if you're you got caught doing something you're not supposed to. But it's sort of worse from her submissive posture, like the, the down and the looking away. She says that she didn't have a choice. That when Carol died, I panicked and I went to one of her places to get some stuff so that I could get out of town and they caught me there and I pretended like I was doing what I should where I should hide things and cover it up and they brought me in and it was this or she shivers the auction or worse I, I couldn't go back. And he sits there in silence for a minute, and she does too. And after that minute of silence, she will ask him, how, how are you now that... And she doesn't say his name, but she kind of tilts her head as though to indicate Walter. Now it's his turn to have that emotional response that deeply introspective moment and he says that it's it's better I, and he looks as though he doesn't want to say it but he he ends up saying it where he says i they share me in a way that keeps me from being bound to any one of them because i can't go back either and then they start to talk in a way that may get them some healing about their experiences under the blood bond and what that was like for each of them and a little bit about their own personal traumas involving their time as slaves. There's more to the scene, but I will pause at this moment to ask Art if there's anything he would like to know thus far for further clarifications. Art was not expecting to get this kind of information. Like, it, it's useful. 
it is useful information. It is this is stuff that he can file away for later. Uh, something that might make Jimmy happy if anybody cares. As to what they're doing, this was kind of expected, to be honest. Like Art, Art was expecting this to kind of work. He figured throwing two two former bloodbound ghouls together, one of which who's now a walking talking masquerade violation and the other one being a lick is bearing unexpected fruit. So I think he's just going to like come to himself and keep on walking. There's nothing that needs clarification. Oh. They keep talking and you hear some truly terrible things that both of them have done. For Walter, it was mostly physical and emotional abuse of the beatings the threatening to deny him the blood that he needs and what that would do to him the sleeping in a dog bed the no clothes and that kind of thing for summer it was more mental i'm sorry it was more emotional and her physical abuse that she suffered was more to do with drugs in addition to the manipulations that Carol would do, because let's face it, that's the kind of person she was, and she's a fucking terrible person. The other method of control that she would use would be to continue to offer her drugs. And when you're blood bound and you add in the aspects of presence and dominate, it becomes impossible to not have that further layer of control by somebody else over you. And the things that she would have to do, not in a way of being prostituted out, because money in that way for Carol was a, a necessary thing. But Summer was a young college kid that got into drugs and now is near homeless and all of those things before her embrace but would be an avenue for carol to get information on the local college scene the bars the parties what the kids are into and in particular the i don't want to say like hip-hop in that kind of crowd because that just happened to be what carol was into but that is also the kind of crowd and information that Carol would have her get. They would send her to events to see how things are, would send her staying out on the street to see what was happening. Um, right. She was using Summer to get a finger of the pulse of the youth scene so she could stay in front of it being a Toreador. Exactly. If Carol was a more modern Toreador, Summer probably would have been an, uh, the face of an influencer portfolio for her. But instead, was was just information. A very old school method of doing it instead of the, the new school pushing of information. They talk for a while. There are tears shed on both sides and... Some private information is exchanged. Interesting things to Art would be that as part of her embrace and her uh, 
her sire's punishment is that he is not allowed to blood bond her and he is not allowed to dominate her. That, granted, dominate would be difficult to prove that it happened, but her education and the ways of being a kindred has to be good without supernatural influence because, and she's aware of it, that she is a punishment and if anything goes wrong with it, she and her sire are both dead. So she's trying real fucking hard. Um, she states that her sire was very ins- uh, her sire was very insistent on her learning how to, at least on a surface level, cloud the memories of people. She says how she doesn't like doing it, but she understands that it's for her own safety, but it's the kind of thing that she knows was done to her and doesn't want to do it to other people. Uh, So, you know, she's got a little bit of dominate, which is a venture discipline, but that it's not her natural talents with the Vitae had started. Because you think back to your own embrace and where your blood took you as you first woke up and first few nights as a kindred before you started to figure other things out or were taught. She promises that if he ever needs the blood, that he can call upon her. And she will do everything in her power to not be in a situation where he is bound to her. Because she knows and she doesn't want that to to be a problem if she was there. She also promises that if it gets to the situation where he wants out of like you guys' domain that she would help and makes a joke that she has the money to help with that now. And he gives a little sorry laugh. Questions or comments or clarifications before I go on to the, the last section of their little interaction on your walk. Now this is Again, this is this is still expected. He's getting more bits and bobs of the information he assumed. He now knows that Ryan is a potential asset when it comes to summer, which helps. So that should be that should be fine. We're good there. We're good. You can um, no questions, no clarifications needed. Okay, because you do have some insight roll hits that you can uh, get stuff out of. That's true. I do. I should use those. Thank you for the reminder. Let's go back to the rules that that Cohen is under. Mm-hmm. If if I can flash a bit of insight on that and see what other potential handicaps he's got. Thinking back to it, the very beginning of her embrace in her life as a vampire was a handicap to him because the prince was the one that drained her dry in the first place. One may see that as a a bit of an insult because that active feeding, that almost closeness, the intimacy in that moment is potentially something important. Maybe not to your sire, maybe not to hers, but to some people. 
but you also know that it's the only time that you get any kind of silence from the hunger inside you, and the prince took that. Add insight in there that is not directly related to Cohen, or could be, is that Summer may fit the prince's feeding preferences as a Ventru, and may not fit Cohen's. Minor thing. Could have been why it was done. Possibly done because it was a, a spite thing. Cohen has been strict with her in a way that you don't remember Bradley Kelly being strict. So Cohen is taking this very seriously. You remember back to Jimmy's coronation party, Cohen showed up there with Summer and was floating around and made very sure that when Summer went to hang out with Coco, that Coco, and thus you, was to be responsible should anything happen. Because she was out of his purview for that night. She has recently gotten a little bit more freedom with her coming down here with you guys and some of that stuff. Cohen is specifically making sure that she knows certain disciplines. Now, in this case, it is uh, in this case it is one that comes naturally to the venture and the dominate thing. But there is room that maybe tutelage of other things could be brought up, if not to Summer, to Cohen as a way of making sure that she doesn't screw up in some fashion. Wouldn't be breaking the rules as he's not about to blood bond her, but somebody else could be a gray area. True, but I'm not sure that's. I'm not. I'm, I'm fairly certain that 100% of the coterie is against that discipline training, though. That's 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 a, an interesting potential thing to, to use. It is an interesting potential thing, and it's. Do you bring up the summer or do you bring up the Steven? Make a note. Your experience as a vampire and with other vampires has also told you that sometimes you can naturally develop non-standard disciplines for your clan through years of refining your hunting techniques. She is obviously way too young for any of that, but Education in other ways is is helpful. Um, so I guess that's a little bit on their inferred relationship without talking to uh, anybody else. <laughs> okay. Okay. No, that's this is good. This is good. That's that's very useful. And I'm writing it down to make sure that I come back to it later. Uh, second insight let's go to ryan now sure because art's known of him for many years but does very little with did very little with walter he was just camped out in that in that barony in the domain uh for a while so The reason he got bonded. Is there an insight I can glean in that direction? He's 
incredibly useful. Like he's he's a great asset. He's definitely got financial and accounting stuff. I think he definitely had something on Walter because Walter was a petty bitch and abusing him in this manner and making making Ryan love him for it sounds absolutely up his alley. So that I probably won't glean from an insight, but perhaps why he was bloodbound. Maybe. The easy answer for that is for his financial aspects. You know that he is really good with numbers. It's taken him a little bit to adapt to more modern technology and to learn some of the software and stuff, but he picked it up pretty quick and is pretty good with balancing accounts and things. That's an easy reason to pick up any ghoul to handle your day-to-day and to make that all work out. Uh, Now knowing more about his abuse and when his abuse really started, um, at least in earnest and in depth, um, that began to happen sort of around... Uh, I forget, how old is Jimmy? Jimmy's like 20 years. Something like that. There was a incident that happened with a few of the investments that Walter had after around a year or so into his service, to be generous, to use a euphemism. Um he doesn't go into details on like it was this uh it was this product it failed and then but that was when it really began is when a couple of these things that he was doing for Walter started to not go Walter's way you could probably dig around later in Walter's files and maybe find some more information on that stuff specifically for like timelines and whatever but when that didn't begin to produce results Walter turned real sour real quick and then it was just a a downward spiral from there because now here he is being hurt and now the blood bond makes you do fucked up shit and just kind of ruined him in what he was useful for for walter where it was second guessing himself where it was spending too much time trying to make sure the investment or the money making whatever was going to be profitable or if it was going to be profitable enough and sure Walter was still comfortable in that way that he doesn't really need for anything but the money wasn't going up to a degree that Walter liked and eventually he stopped doing financial stuff for Walter and it just became a more or less a sick game for him Oof. Yeah, that's that's definitely going to be some stuff to dig into because uh, the timeline stuff may also help with some other investigations that Art is doing. Yep. Okay, let us continue. After some some deeply emotional things are said by both parties and they... They both heal a little bit in this time. 
It's something that may even warm your cold, dead heart for a moment. But Ryan asks for information that is banking related. Stuff like, how much money are you working with? What is your... How much are you willing to to spend in order to make it look like you're making progress as opposed to uh, investing in a loss? Because like if you if you take this account and you all of a sudden drain you know a hundred G's out of it, uh, if you drain like ten G's out of it and then it just never returns, like they're gonna want to ask where it's going that you're not just siphoning to another account. It's where's your how she wants to do it. She wants to start off low, slow, and believable. She doesn't want a situation where it's like, where is she getting this help from? They assume that she can't do this on her own, and she admits that she can't, because this is not where she should be. Uh, she knows and states that this is a trap and she knows it's a trap and she references some of the things that the two of you talked about and how it was art's suggestion and then like obviously you know for to come and talk to you and to, to work on some of this stuff so and then she kind of pauses for a moment because she she thinks where it's one of those things you can almost see her as if she was going to say, you know, he did me a favor or, you know, I, I kind of owe him for helping me out like this. But that means very different things in the vampiric world. So she stops herself from saying it and asks him what he thinks about specifically you. And what do you think Ryan tells her in this situation? That Art is like, he's a Nosferatu. He's a schemer. He's dangerous. But he's generally acted as if he has the best interests of the people around him in mind. Like, he's not setting out to fuck over other people. He was always polite and cordial with Ryan when Ryan was Roach. And then after Ryan was released from that, Art was almost giddy in getting him like set up again, getting him back up to speed, helping him feel comfortable. And Ryan knows for a flat fact, this is because there's value there for him. But there's that little inkling of even if he wasn't, then he would have at least been put on a kind of like an even footing as just like a a ghoul or you know that he just sat him down and said like what do you want to do here because we can't let you go but you're not doing anything for us like art would have found something for him to do and kind of did and he may not like art, but at least he respects art for what he's trying to do. 
He tells him about the night that Carol died. And about how you chose... And she kind of figured out it was you after, you know, the embrace and everything that it was you that spared her. And then makes mention of the fact of, like, did he actually spare me or did he damn me? Is is a tough question that she struggles with a little bit. And you can see that Ryan is... Not exactly heartwarmed by that aspect of things, but he takes it positively that you may have you may be treating him with this this respect and this uh as a person aspect, but seeing that it that there was room in your heart for compassion and kindness to somebody that wasn't directly useful to you because there's no way you could have known what would happen. It does sit well with him. Then they get down to to more business. He gives her a little bit of, not quite reading, but uh, a couple of YouTube videos to check out on the basics of investing and retirement and stuff like that to to get some ideas so that she can at least learn some of the terminology and stuff. They make a date in the future to, after she has consumed this material, to talk about more things to see what she is interested in doing with it. She mentions that she has to come down some night and a couple of nights and talk to Jimmy about a meeting with Donnie over some stuff with Nick and Ryan kind of fills her on a little bit more of those details. And you can see that Summer's like, that's that's a pretty shitty situation. She's hopeful that it gets resolved in a peaceful situation that Nick can be returned. Uh, she's not happy about Jimmy murdering some other ghouls because seven months ago that could have been her. Right. And... And Ryan's like, I feel that could still be me. And she asks him if the opportunity to arise, would he want to be embraced? And he doesn't have an answer for that because he's never thought about it. Talk about staring into the abyss there. Yeah. She mentioned she never thought about it either. That Carol never even brought up the idea or promised it because she knows because she's gotten some history lessons and what it means to be kindred. And she knows that occasionally years of service as a ghoul could earn you an embrace. Some sires were like that. And she tells him that Maybe he should think about it. And he... He nods, and she follows up, because like, there's, there's only two ways out of this life, and I don't know which one you would prefer. And he says that he doesn't know either.
after some awkward silence, she's like, I I should get going. I have a, a curfew and some homework indicating the, uh, the YouTube videos and stuff. He's like, yeah, I, I should get back to... And she, she stands as he's staring. And then for a moment, she just stands there and looks at him and he'll he'll get up and that like oh it's just like a business meeting thing now and, and she very sincerely and solemnly tells him you're going to be a big help to me and you know making sure i don't get killed again and he gives a small laugh they stand there for a moment and then she asks if he would like a hug because she would like one they agree, they hug, more tears, some redder than others, and then uh, they part ways. Summer pauses at the door dramatically and gives him a smile and then leaves. Uh, Ryan collapses back into the chair and just kind of decompresses from the tension a little bit for going back to work and checking the clock because he should have been done a while ago and he does have to sleep. I'll ask for questions, comments, clarifications. <laughs> I mean, I think it's easy to infer that she doesn't like Donovan either. I doubt I could get an insight as to why he's kept around in that domain. Uh, Donovan? Yeah. Um, given that a little bit of their relationship you can get as he has probably done that creepy dude bro thing of just hitting on the pretty girl at times. And, you know, been denied because you're you're a douchebag. As for why he's kept around, well, they do sell drugs out of the club, and he you know that he does do some drug dealing. He may have supply line connections. He may just be a dealer who operates there and sends a cut along to Cohen. There was nothing very specific talked about with his relationship or involvement, but given some of the conversation that happened it he's not anybody of like importance he's just a guy that moves product is probably your either moves or gets product is probably your guess okay interesting okay no other questions Craig, that's Jark. It is the 25th of September, 2022. We're like a month late doing this, so here we go. I mean, I was going to do the intro, but, you know, that's fine. 
I mean, I guess it makes sense and is with tradition, given as you were the one that summoned the the voice from beyond. Ha! Right. I had a little bit better, uh... A little bit better, um... Control. Shit. Yeah, control over it. All right, um... Starting off great. Yeah. There we go. Connected to both. All right, we're good. I'm not going to make you and our nice listeners at home to break the wall here a little bit. Listen to me have a conversation with myself. So I will give some some details about the conversation and uh, apologize for the lack of of a puppet show. Which I guess I should put that at the beginning so that it's not breaking immersion, but whatever. I'll... Uh, note to self, uh, right, so the future name of this episode will be uh, Not a Puppet Show. Ooh. To get some ideas so that she can at least learn some of the terminology and stuff. It's her run of the count and bans her from Super, super Stonk and Wall Street Bets. <laughs> uh, yo, I am low-key really mad that default Reddit only lets you filter out like 50 subreddits. No joke. There's so much fucking garbage. Because like on my my computer, I've got Reddit Enhancement Suite and stuff to just filter things, but it keeps adding more dumb shit for me to filter. But I'm like, stop. I don't care about fucking other... Hey, look, here's this subreddit that is having some predictions tournament. I don't give a fuck. Uh, let's let's reset the recording so that this is a different file than what we're about to get into. Assuming you're still good to get into more. Yeah, I'm still good. Give me a second here. I'll go ahead and kill yeah. these. This uh, Vampire the Masquerade Chronicle is a non-official uh, fan-created work by the Without a Net podcast. Portions of the materials used in this actual play are the copyrights and trademarks of Paradox Interactive AB and are used with their permission. All rights are reserved. For any further information in those regards or for upcoming releases, you can find them at worldofdarkness.com.